Hey everyone, welcome to episode 203, Lessons from My Support Group. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Yo, 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 what's happening everybody? So I am going to talk to you a little bit about this podcast. I hope I don't talk about myself too much. I hope I talk about things that you can relate with. And also when I'm going through something, I hope that even if you're not going through the exact same thing, you can apply it to some place or somewhere in your life. And a lot of times when I'm going through something, it's hard for me to talk about it on a public forum because a lot of times it involves other people. And I love sharing all my business, but there's lots of people who don't like all their business out there, which I totally get. So I'm not judging it. It just offers some challenges sometimes when I'm trying to share things that I'm going through without laying all my cards out on the table and giving up other people's personal and private information. So all that to say, just know that I'm always going through the 50-50 with you. Glennon always says that life is brutal. It's brutal and beautiful at the same time. And sometimes the 50-50 feels a little bit stronger and harder than other 50-50s. But sometimes when we're going through really hard things, it makes us appreciate the things that are easy, the people that are there for us, the vulnerability that you see in helping other people. So I've talked about it a little bit before that we are collectively as a family helping a loved one who is going through dementia. And it's been extremely challenging, lots of tears, huge learning curve, I literally have no idea what I'm doing and I'm kind of winging it, but I'm also trying to be conscious about it at the same time. And so when I'm going through something, when people are going through something, sometimes they turn inward and they get quiet and they go into their hobbit hole. My sister has this uh, closet underneath her stairs and it's filled with um, all their board games. And we, so we call it the hobbit hole. And so a lot of, sometimes people go into their cave or they go in their hobbit hole or they go underground because they need to process and feel what they're going through and they like to do it in a private matter. While other people reach out, they tell their friends. When I was going through infertility, I started a blog. They talk to other people who are going through the same thing or already have gone through that because that gives them solace and that gives them help. Now, there's two ways of doing it and guess which is the right way? Both ways are the right way. Now, sometimes if, like when we were going through infertility, I was in support groups with other people that were on Baby Center. That was where our support group was. How cool is that? And I saw how it was hurting a lot of marriages because one person in the couple was going outward and seeking support while the other word, while the other one was going inward. And so the inward person was judging the outward person saying, why are you putting all the, our business out there? And then the outward person was judging the inward person saying, why aren't you talking to me? Why are we talking about this? How are you feeling? What's going on? So I just want to reassure you that both ways are the right way. There is no right. There is no wrong. So if you are going through, th through something and you're 
doing it alongside of someone else, remember to stay in our, we have to remember to stay in our lane and not judge other people's journey and not judge the way other people are doing it. I always say it's like an extrovert asking the introvert to be the life of the party and get on stage at the party. A lot of times we seek comfort in knowing that other people are like us, but we can also learn from the people that aren't like us and not judge them because we don't like to be judged the way we handle or process something. So all that to say, I have been in a dementia support group, which meets regularly, and it has been so helpful for so many reasons because it helps me and our family feel less alone, that we're not the only ones going through this. It helps to talk to a dementia expert, Alzheimer's expert, to know the right things to say, the wrong things to say, the ways to phrase things. It just allows us to feel like this is a normal process. This is supposed to be hard. And knowing that it's hard for other people makes it actually feel easier. Because a lot of times when we're going through something, we think that this is so hard and it's not supposed to be hard. But then we talk to someone else who's going through it too. And they're like, whoa, this is hard. And you're like, really? For you too? And you kind of like bond over how hard it is if that makes sense. And that can be true with anything. It also helps to talk because it's not just us. It's usually on Zoom and it's not just us on the Zoom. There's other families, other situations, other loved ones. And even though the person that they're helping is different, there's some people that are further along in the journey and there's people that are just at the beginning of the journey. Like what is going on? What is this all about? And it helps to pay it forward to who much is given, much is required for people who are at the beginning of the journey. Cause I can say, we're just a couple steps ahead of you. And this is something that helped us. And they're like, really? I never thought about that. I'm like, yeah, I didn't either. I tried 10 other things and that didn't work. And on the 11th try that did work. It worked a little bit better. And then also the people who are further ahead, they can offer that same thing to us. So I think that's a really good way of seeing the parallels of what we can give to our kids, of making them feel less alone when they're having big feelings like, oh, I have felt that too. When they feel like life is hard, even though it's dealing with who they're going to sit with at the preschool lunch, we think, oh, that's not that hard. But in their little minds and at their age and at their stage, that's hard for them. And a lot of times when they're having the big emotions, it helps knowing that we're a little bit ahead of them and we can help them along the way. And then when it comes to that magical imagination that we love about our kids, they're a little bit ahead of us in that realm. So we can learn a lot from them of how to bring our fun, lighthearted, inner child, zippy, zany, zesty energy that we had when we were kids. So that parallel is so similar and in those moments is where we build connection with our kids. But also during this dementia support group is where I'm making connections with other people. And I can't tell you how much lighter all of this feels. Now, it doesn't make it go away, but it just makes it feel more manageable. The tears still flow. They're just more therapeutic tears versus I don't know what the heck I'm doing tears. And we can give that same gift to our kids. So something that our teacher talks about, which I love and I've used with kids of all ages, and we're talking about dementia in this scenario, but this can be something we can use with our own kids because 
the more strats we have, that's code for strategies, the more strats we can give to our kids to feel to fill in their toolbox. This can be done through role playing. This can be done through modeling. This can be done through setting up scenarios in your own life that are make-believe so your kids are watching, so you can teach them through osmosis. Remember, lessons are caught. They're not taught. Because when we go on and on, and you should do this, and you should do that, and we lecture, 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 it's nag, 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 and we're like Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen that on Snoopy? When the teacher's talking, and the teacher's just like, wah, wah. That's what our kids hear. I promise. Because if you ever had someone who rides your tail, and they're nagging you, I feel like I'm whining right now. That's what we hear. We're like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Cracking myself up. So our teacher at the dementia support group who has dealt with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of loved ones with dementia, he actually runs home health care for people with dementia. And he has services of nurses and aides who go in and help said loved one with reminders, helping them to get dressed, hygiene, reminding them to take their medicine, brush their teeth, all the things that we take for granted. So he knows everything there is to know, he and his wife, about not only dementia, the disease, but also how to help, what to say, what not to say, how to connect, how to stay calm, how to have rational conversations, how to have reality talks versus logical talks. And you know, I like strats. So he was talking about when our loved ones are saying things that we don't really know what to do and what to answer. They might be having an adult tantrum or they might be really scared because when, when any human gets scared, they start to panic. And so he always says the calmer we are, just like we talk about with our kids, the calmer they'll become and they know that there's no fire, so to speak. And we're just the calm flight attendant. And so he says, when this happens, we want to use logic and reason because they're asking to have their mom come over when their mom has passed away for the last 25 years, or they're asking why the police are coming to their house when the police haven't been in their house ever. So sometimes they say things that don't make any sense. And so we try to have these logical, rational conversations with them like, oh, your mother's died. Your father's died. They've been gone for a long time. Police officers aren't coming here. Sometimes they can be belligerent towards the loved one. Like you're crazy. You're talking, you're talking. This is the dementia talking. This is what the doctor told you about. This is what I've been trying to tell you. This, this is what the brain wants to do naturally. Just like when the kid's upset about the sippy cup and they're upset about the banana being peeled wrong. We want to be like, it's not that big of a deal. It's just a banana. It's just a sippy cup color. You wanted red and all we had was blue. I thought you said blue. And so we want to like get into these banter, silly arguments over the sippy cup color. And so he said, one thing that's really good to use without having to break their hearts again to tell them your mom passed away 30 years ago. You have dementia. This is what the doctor was talking about. Almost like an, I told you so kind of energy. He says, use something like seems like feels like sounds like now you don't use all three, but when they're asking for their mom, seems like you really miss your mom. What was your mom? Like, tell me all the things about her. What was your favorite thing to do with her? So that seems like you do the same thing with sounds like or feels like, because you want to go into the emotion 
It feels like you would love to spend some time with your mom right now, doesn't it? Tell me what you guys would do if she was here. What did you like to do when you were little? And they could be yelling and screaming, I want my mom, I want my dad. Where are they? You're keeping me from them. So you just stay calm because you know that they're in the red zone. And this can be done with our kids. Sounds like your mom was really special. What was so special about her? Do you see how that kind of just calms the energy, takes the sting out of it all? When kids or anyone is going into battle, it takes two to tango. And so I always just encourage parents, or you're dealing with a loved one who is having, some, uh, having a hard time, I just always encourage parents, and I try to do this too, and it is very hard, but it's supposed to be hard until it's not hard and then it's easy, like with anything. I always encourage people just to drop the rope. You're playing tug of war, drop the rope. Now, not drop the rope so the other person falls, but drop the rope because you're on the same team. There is no flag in the middle. You remember back when we used to play field day, there'd be a flag in the middle and then there'd be a cone on the left and cone on the right. And then you just have to move the flag until it passes the cone. Oh my goodness, I'm getting flashbacks to my field day. Not only as a student, but also as a teacher. And I was like, go, 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 go. And the, the biggest kid was in the circle loop of the tug of war. I could picture it like it was yesterday. There is no tug of war with our loved ones. These are people that we are safe with and we want them to feel safe with us. So we want to drop the rope, drop the vulnerability, drop the walls, and realize this person you're not going into battle with. They're on your team. And your kids need to know that you are on their team. When they feel like their parents or teacher or coach or counselor or XYZ human or friend or sister or brother or cousin or a greedy good grandpappy is not on their team, then they feel like, okay, that person I'm going to war with and I will win at all costs. But once they feel safe and there isn't a threat that they're not going to be yelled at, they're not going to be shamed, they're not going to be spanked that their walls can drop because they see your walls drop. Now, kids don't go first because they don't know how to go first. Some kids are go with the flow and just easy going and just no walls. They weren't even, they don't even know where to find the walls if they could. There are other kids, and this is a lot of kids, so don't feel like you have a unicorn child that has walls. It's a way to protect themselves, and they're supposed to do that. But the safer they feel the more vulnerability they feel around them, the energy around them, they will feel comfortable and not want to go into battle so much because they will drop the rope too. And then what you have is two people knowing that they're on the same side, they're on the same team, they're still gonna have fouls in the plays, they're still gonna step on each other's toes, but the end goal in mind is to connect on the emotions we're not trying to reason with them. We're not trying to use logic. Seems like, sounds like, feels like. Pick one. Practice using the same one for an entire week. If you like that one, keep using that one. Different seems like, sounds like, feels like. Different ones might sound better in different, in different settings. That's why I want to stack the strats with you so you have a lot to pull from. 
If sounds like doesn't feel right, then says feels like. If that doesn't sound right, then seems like. Sounds like, feels like, seems like. Sounds, feels, seems. This works for all humans. This works when your spouse is coming at you and they're coming in hot saying, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, you didn't do this. Sounds like you're feeling pretty overwhelmed right now. Tell me more. Because the first thing we want to do is we want to get defensive. That's my go-to. I'm like, oh, you want to go to war? Let's go. Duke's up. And I have to remember, whoa, 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 whoa. This person is on my team. We're on the same team together. I'm going to drop my wall. And the worst thing that could happen is I'm going to experience a human emotion. But the moment I get defensive and I put my gloves on, it's a lose-lose. How do I know? Because I've tried it. It ain't no fun. Then I have the guilt and shame afterwards. I'm like, that didn't feel very good. That wasn't my best self. Sounds like, feels like, seems like. And you know who else this works with? It works when you're talking with yourself. When you flip out over something, have those post meltdown talks. I do it with myself all the time when I flip out over like when the flip out doesn't match what actually happened. I'm like, whoa, Kelly, seems like it's a little you're off your rocker today. What's going on? Feels like there's a lot of tension in your back. What's going on? And having those check-in talks with yourself, because the more you strengthen that relationship with yourself, then the stronger your relationships around you will become. It's like Lucky Charms, magically delicious. So practice it for a week. Practice another one for a week. Practice a third one for a week. Practice it with your kids. Role play it with them. And see the connection that you'll have. And when you have connection, you have more harmony in the home. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.